Today, as we, we come to this uh, verse, um, this is a very interesting verse that I, I believe brings a lot of tension uh, within um, our world today, uh, but also within, uh, even in many churches, this, uh, this verse here, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. I think that brings a lot of tension as well. And uh, this verse here that we're going to explore is really the foundation of the rest of the uh, portion of uh, Ephesians chapter number 5. Because when Paul gives us this verse, upon it is laid everything else concerning our relationships with husband and wife, um, parents and children, and then even our relationships uh, with, um, he uses masters and slaves, Uh, But I think we can put that in context today as uh, uh, employee and employers. And um, uh, the Bible here talks a lot about what submission is. And there really should be a biblical uh, view of what submission is. We should understand what the Bible says about submission and not take in what the world says what submission is or what submission is not. And uh, I believe if you really want to follow God and know uh, his word on this subject about submission, uh, then we must consciously be throwing off what the world says, what submission is or what submission is not. And we have to always bring our thoughts, our, um, our ideas back under alignment to the word of God and know this is what the word teaches not what everything that the uh, world uh, might be giving. And, uh, you know, there are several people today, uh, authors, um, pastors, people that will teach this verse here about submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. They'll teach this as being a concept other than what Scripture really does teach. And so today, uh, I believe I really want to try to help you Uh, look biblically as what submission uh, really is and the purpose of of submission. So let's take a note here of a few couple things. Number one, submission begins by being filled with the Spirit or being Spirit-filled. This verse comes really at the tail end of what Paul's been talking about being filled with the Spirit. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, 18, do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And then he tells us some things of how we will know that we are Spirit-filled. What are they? Uh, We looked at about addressing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart. Then the other one, giving thanks and always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he continues submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so Ephesians 5.21 here literally translates to the fact that submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. Um, It is the uh, last of these three ways of how we know that we are filled with the Spirit. Or if we are being Spirit-filled is the fact that we would be submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. 
Um, so it's important for all this because he'll use this statement about submitting to one another and how it shows submission, this submission, how it works in our marriages, as he says in Ephesians 5, 22, uh, through verse 33, how it works in regards to our children and parents in uh, chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, and then how it in reference to his slaves and masters in chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. And uh, a lot of what we're going to cover today um, is just going to lay the groundwork for the previous verses, for the next verses that we're going to look at. And you know, in the world that we live today, there's a lot of opposition to submission, a lot. Um, The world encourages everyone to stand up for his or her rights. Uh, We see a lot of this in the women's uh, marches that have happened ever since uh, Donald Trump was elected president. Uh, The feminist movement promotes women's rights. The homosexual movement promotes so-called gay rights. Uh, Some advocate children's rights to be free from parental authority. Uh, PETA promotes animal rights, often uh, far above uh, that of human rights. Uh, I was reading in the uh, news here just recently, a couple days ago, a 27-year-old Indian man named Raphael Samuel announced an intent to sue his parents because he was conceived without his consent and therefore his parents should pay for his life. You can't make this stuff up. (laughs) He said, I want everyone in India and the world to realize one thing, that they are born without their consent. I want them to understand that they do not owe their parents anything. He said, if we are born without our consent, we should be maintained for our life. We should be paid by our parents to live. To children, he said, I would like to say, do not do anything for your parents if you do not want to. If you want to, if you truly, genuinely feel like doing it, do it. How bizarre. And so we live in this world today that there's so much opposition to submission. The world's way is assert yourself, stand up for your rights. You don't have to take such type of treatment. Get a lawyer, sue, and if you take it to court, chances are you'll probably win tons and tons of money. But God's way is submit to one another in the fear of Christ. These two views are total opposites. And so there are people even claiming today to be Christians who disregard this teaching on submission. Uh, They will try to twist and uh, manipulate the Bible to fit into their worldview of what they think submission really is. And that's why I believe it's important that we submit ourselves to the word of God, that we place ourselves under the authority of the word, because If my ideas and what I think are right, but they do not line up with the word, I am wrong, not the word. So we have to submit ourselves to the word and understand what the word really says. So when you hear the word submit, what usually goes through your mind? And so let's see if uh, what you are thinking is in line with the word of God today. Uh, and the Bible is filled with verses on submission. I'm going, not going to read all these because there's so many of them. Uh, but you can jot them down if you would like. And you can look at them uh, for 
later reference. Um, but when we talk about submission, the Bible is filled with things about submission. Uh, Jesus was in submission to his parents in Luke chapter 2, verse 51. Demons are, are submissive to the apostles as we read in Luke chapter 10, verse 17 and verse number 20. Citizens are to be submissive to governing authorities in Romans 13, verse number 1. Titus 3, 1. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 13. The universe is submissive to Christ, 1 Corinthians 15, 27 and Ephesians 1.22. Unseen powers are submissive to Christ, according to 1 Peter 3.22. Christ is submissive to God the Father in 1 Corinthians 15.28. Church members are to need to be submissive to the servant leaders, 1 Corinthians 16, verses 15 through 16, and also 1 Peter 5.5. 5. Wives are to be submissive to their husbands, Colossians 3.18, Titus chapter 2, verse number 5, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 5, and Ephesians 5.22 and verse number 24. The church needs to be submissive to Christ, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 24. Servants need to be submissive to their masters, Titus chapter 2, verse number 9, 1 Peter chapter 2.18, and Christians need to be submissive to God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 9, and James chapter 4, verse number 7. Now, in all of these instances that I just read to you and give you the verses on, submission in all those instances is always referring to one directional type of submission. And it's in submission to an authority. Now, Paul here begins this verse, however, in a different way. Look what he says. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And that's why I believe this whole thing about submitting yourselves to one another is a mark of being spirit-filled. Because if you are spirit-filled, then you will be submitting to one another. He says, submitting to one another, and this is a mutual submission. Mutual submission in biblical relationships is when we lay aside our rights, we lay aside our rights, and we humbly serve one another in love. And so this is the foundation for any marital problems that we might be experiencing, any type of child-rearing issues, any tense relationships that are within the body of Christ or in the workplace. That's why it must be spirit-filled, because we submit to one another out of fear of Christ. What's interesting about this is when we submit this way, we are not doing away with the God-ordained spheres of influence or authority God has placed within our lives. Um, for example, husbands and wives, children and parents, employers, employees, Christ, spiritual leaders, and the church. When we submit to one another in a spirit-filled way, we actually are showing love towards one another. Because even if we are in a place of authority, when we submit to one another, we are actually serving in love instead of being dominant and strong-willed, demanding our own way. And really, isn't that what life sometimes tends to be? It's about our own way, what we want. 
what we want, what we think is best. But when we submit to one another out of fear for Christ, the Bible tells us that that is spirit-filled type of living. This is the type of relationships that should be going on within the church. You know, Jesus was an authority over the disciples, but yet he taught them how to be a servant. He says this in Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 44. You know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them, but it is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. And so as we progress here through this passage, with all these verses to follow in verses 22 all the way through chapter 6, verse number 9, you'll see this spirit-filled type of submission that we are to be laying down our selfishness and our authority to serve one another. Paul said it earlier in chapter 4 this way. He said, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. John Calvin put it this way in a reference to this text here out of Ephesians. He said, when a husband lovingly bears the burdens of his wife, is that not subjection or submission? When a father lovingly gives himself for his children, there is submission. When we assist one another, is it not servitude or submission? Thus there would seem to be a sense in which we all are mutually to submit to one another without abandoning our roles of God-given authority. And so all of this sums up to this. By being filled with the Spirit, our lives will give evidence of joyful submission to one another out of reverence for Christ. So if, you're, if our attitude is, I'm not going to submit, I don't want to submit, then I would probably say you're probably not filled with the Holy Spirit. You're not willing to submit. Because Paul says that is a mark of being filled with the Spirit is joyful submission. Because it's out of reverence for Christ. So submission begins by being Spirit-filled. Look at the second thing here. Submission is part of God's plan to accomplish his purpose. Ephesians 5.21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, I really want to look briefly at this purpose of submission. And we'll see in the later messages out of this text how these things play out in our relationships in the home, relationships with the children, relationships with others. Um, but since God has ordained certain spheres of authority in our life, Okay, um, I'm in submission to others. Uh, my wife in the home, she's to be in submission toward me. Our children are need to be in submission to, to the parents. Since God has ordained these spheres of authority in our life, um, 
If we are submissive to the Holy Spirit, we will be submissive to these God-ordained authorities. Now, I want to give you a few snapshots here of submission as it's revealed to us in the Word of God and how these play out to accomplish God's purpose. For example, uh, there is submission in who God is, His nature. And when we talk about God, that he's tritarian, okay? There's the Father, there's the Son, there's the Holy Spirit. Now, although the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all equally God in every respect to carry out the divine plan of the ages, the Son submits to the Father, and the Spirit submits to the Father and to the Son. 1 Corinthians 15, 28 says, And when all things are subjected to him then the Son himself will be subjected to the one who subjected everything to him so that God may be all in all. In John 14, 26, Jesus said, But the Advocate, or the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will cause you to remember everything I said to you. John chapter 16, verses 13 through 14 says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but will speak whatever he hears and will tell you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will receive from me what is mine and will tell it to you. So there's submission even within who God is. Then God has ordained and instituted all authority in the word. In Romans 13, 1, it tells us every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. In Luke chapter 4, verse number 6, we read that Satan tells Jesus that he has been given the authority to hand over all the kingdoms of the world to whomever he wishes. And Jesus did not dispute what Satan said about that. Now sometimes I believe that in the, even in the world that we live today, there's a lot of evil that is going on with the government. So how is a Christian supposed to handle that? Well, according to Acts chapter 4 verse 19 and Acts chapter 5 29, we need to recognize that he has ordained such authority, but we must resist evil government authority in obedience to God. So if it comes down to it someday that uh, they say that you must do this, but it's completely going against what God says, then you need to obey God rather than man. Here's a brief list of God-ordained authority that he uses to accomplish his, his purpose. Submission to God, who is the sovereign of the universe, in James chapter 4, verse number 7. The fact that Jesus Christ is Lord means that he is God. The fact that he is, he is here, and this is the one that we should be fearing. He is the one that we should fear. And so we should be in submission to him. There's submission to government leaders in Romans 13, 1 through 7, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 14. There's submission to spiritual servant leaders, Hebrews 13, 17. And I would like to add a note to that. Um, if if any, any of us, any, any one of us elders, uh, Jeff, myself, Tom, Jerry, if any one of us elders are using 
our authority to bring hindrance upon your life where we are overstepping our bounds as a uh, as authority in the church then we are wrong uh, the pastor does not have authority over what you do uh, in your in your in your life per se of, of your family uh, because you are the spiritual leader of your family so it's it's important to understand that uh, their submission of wives to their husbands and their children, their submission of workers to the employees. And so there's this mutual submission even in the body of Christ. Thirdly, when we submit to these God-ordained authorities and areas of submission in our life, there are tremendous blessings as a result of this. God accomplishes his purpose within our lives and in the church. You say, how so? Well, when husbands, when we learn how to love our wives as Christ loved the church, how does that happen? Because we are submitting ourselves to the authority and the teaching of the word. When we submit to that, well, then we then in turn start loving our wives as Christ loved the church. And we wash her with the water of the word so we might present her uh, glorious and spotless without wrinkle. When wives submit, they become holy and blameless as they submit to their husbands. Children grow in maturity as they submit to their parents, uh, even as when Jesus was in submission to his parents in Luke chapter 2, verses 51 through 52. Church members grow as they submit to their servant leaders. And as Christian citizens, we grow in godliness as we submit to those God-ordained authorities even in our lives. And even when an authority is unjust or ungodly, we submit and we grow to be more like Jesus who suffered unjustly for our sins. And so the Lord Jesus is our supreme example in all of submission. I want you to listen to this and think about this. When Jesus was talking to his disciples right before he was going to be betrayed, he did this. When he was still their Lord and teacher, he says in John chapter 13, verses 13 through 15, he says, you call me teacher and Lord and do so correctly, for that is what I am. If I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you too ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, you should do just as I have done for you. And so here's the Lord who, who made everything, who spoke the, wor the world into existence, but yet he was willing to humble himself and submit himself to even his creation. Jesus did not give up his authority when he submitted himself to serve others. Rather, he did not demand his rights or lead by dominating others. He lived a life of sacrificial obedience to the Father, giving himself on the cross to secure our redemption. Listen to what Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8 says. You should have the same attitude toward one another that Christ Jesus had, who though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped. 
but emptied himself by taking on the form of a slave, by looking like other men, and by sharing in human nature, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so we are to follow this example. We are to be submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Regard another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. You say, why should we submit in this way to one another? What about my rights? What about, what about me? Why should I have to submit to others? Well, that's where it brings us here thirdly. Because the goal of submission is that we fear Christ. Our text says we submit out of reverence for Christ. That word reverence is the word phobia, which we get the word phobia, you know, arachnophobia or sleep phobia. I don't know if there's such a thing, but... Some of you are like, what? Just woke up, what? <laughs> but it means to be afraid, to be in fright, to be put in fear. And so when we say fear Christ, that is not saying that we are afraid of him, but rather having a deep abiding respect for him, which includes a holy reverential fear or honor of him. Why? Because according to Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, it says that he is able to cast both body and soul into hell. That's power. That's holiness. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 31 says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 through 29 says, Offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Even Jesus, according to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, while in the garden, while he was praying, just before he was going to be taken away, beaten, mocked, crucified, while he was praying, it says this, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence for God. So if you know Christ, you should have a fear or reverence for God because he is holy. And this reverence or fear of Christ for the believer is standing in awe of him, of knowing who he is, that he is holy, that he is just, that he is righteous, and knowing all that he has done to redeem us. And it's this awe, this wonder, this reverence that we need to have for him. You see, our fallen nature is not bent towards submission. We are rebellious, evil, wicked, and stubborn. And it's not in our nature to want to submit. 
But even as believers, we have a strong tendency to resist authority. So we must first and foremost bow before Jesus Christ, submitting ourselves to him, submitting ourselves to the word, submitting ourselves to the Holy Spirit so that we're spirit-filled so that we can submit. You know, when we talk about husband and wife relationships, usually a lot of that stems because there's just, both of them are just so angry at each other. They might be uh, at each other because the one or the other will not submit to each other. And there's just tension that's just hitting their heads. And God's way says that we need to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so we must first and foremost bow before Jesus as our Lord. Because when we fear him, there can be more easily, we can easily submit to one another in other areas of this human authority that are in our lives. And he's ordained all of this for our good. And so we need to learn how to submit, have spirit-filled submission towards one another. Let's pray together.